Solo rant, first solo rant since being kicked off YouTube. For everybody listening, today is Monday, August 30th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I have been permanently removed from YouTube. Uh, not for the video I thought I would be removed for. It was for a video of me citing Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published cardiologist in world history, telling everyone that in addition to or in lieu of whatever you would like, vaccines, there are four medications, or not medications, vitamins and supplements you can get at Walmart for about $7 a month, which greatly decrease the uh, chances of mortality from COVID. And those are uh, quercetin, zinc, vitamin D, and turmeric. I was banned for that. So, so I've 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 got I've got another guest in an hour, so this could be about fifty, forty-five minute solo ramp. But I want to talk about the importance of not of not giving up, and you know, kind of my own experiences for, with with not giving up. Anybody can right, you can just kind of ramble off motivational quotes, but those don't mean anything, right? It doesn't make you doesn't make you an interesting person just because you have a copy of like a of war and peace on your coffee table if you haven't read it and if it's not important to you i haven't read it so i don't fucking do that but you know there are a couple examples and and it's not just getting booted off youtube 5,649 subscribers worked a very long time to get that from december 12th 2019 to october 27th 2021 and now we're on Rumble with 323 subscribers and BitChute with 176 subscribers and Odyssey with 26 subscribers. Woo! And fuck it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come back 10 times as strong. I'm not concerned about that. I know I'm a psychopath and uh, I'm beholden to myself and I know that I will, I will, I will conquer and I will fucking eviscerate uh, those commie pinkos and I will... I, they will pay. They will pay knowing that I will not be on their platform. And that sounds absurd now as I have 323 subscribers, but I plan on casting a shadow on Joe Rogan and um, I want them to just think about every penny of revenue that will be lost by me not being on there. And I don't give a shit. And I know it's funny now because I'm at 323 subscribers, but I'll fucking do this. But my first, ex and, it was, and so it's not just this, it's also right on a bigger picture, right? I mean, fiasco in Kabul, you know, a, a lot of people, myself included, still believe that the, the 2020 election was illegitimate. But let's not even say that's the case. Let's just say in general, censorship, let's just, fuck it, let's leave politics out of it. Maybe you're a, I know I have, I have my, I have liberal Democrat friends who watch this podcast. So let's not even, let's not, you know, bottleneck this to where it's, I'm shitting on one party. Fuck, sure, let's say it's not. Let's say, let's just look at general censorship, right? And, uh, you know, as it seems we're marching towards hyperinflation and the censorship of now political uh, enemies and opponents and uh, China rising. And it, it seems, right, it, it does seem like things are just getting worse and worse and worse, right? As of today, there's 6,327 deaths from the COVID-19 vaccine between 1990 and 2020, 30 years and over 70 vaccines, 70 vaccines combined, over 30 years combined, there was 8,000 deaths. In eight months, there's been 13,300, sorry, 13,627 deaths. 
over 17,000 people permanently disabled, over 1,672 miscarriages, over 100,000, or sorry, over 100,000 office visits, which, and eh, office visits, okay, whatever, but there's a lot of ICU visits, actually, fuck it, let's not, let's not talk off the top of our heads, let's pull up the actual numbers, <sighs> 13,627 deaths, 55,821 hospitalizations, 74,368 urgent cares, 100,966 office visits, 5,721 cases of anaphylaxis, 4,785 cases of Bell's palsy, 1,671 miscarriages. 6,071 heart attacks, 5,093 cases of myocarditis and or pericarditis, 17,794 permanently disabled, 2,831 cases of low platelets, 14,105 life-threatening cases, 25,921 uh, 25, severe allergic reactions, and 7,324 cases of shingles. And, and you can't talk about it. All right. And I get where things can seem dark. And it seems like you, you know, you're facing these these unstoppable machines, right? It's, uh, you know, a trillion-dollar Google or, uh, you know, what actual change can you enact when you, you know, it's a suicide bomber blowing up 13 Marines, or uh, as of today, General Flynn was debanked, meaning he had no longer has access to his bank account. Just unpersoning people. And censoring all those who disagree. It absolutely seems dark, and it, it seems unstoppable, and it seems like how can you fight back against a, a trillion-dollar military-industrial intelligence complex, and... What can be done? Are there any good people left? It's right. It, it can get dark and it can feel dark. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I do know that I, you know, I, I can talk from my own life and my own experiences. Because after all, that's what all you know. No one water droplet thinks it's responsible for the flood, but a flood can, you know, a tsunami can kill four hundred thousand Indonesians in December two thousand four. Or three. You know, no one atom thinks it's responsible for, uh, you know, a fissile reaction. But yet Hiroshima was vaporized with less matter than the weight of a dollar bill converted to energy. So, you know, probably the biggest one to me was, was taking the MCAT. And I've told this story before. Really a terrible student my whole life. Um, the first day of uh, my sophomore year of college, start studying after I kind of scared myself shitless into realizing that I only had a couple years left of college. Studied around the clock nonstop for three straight years, got 4.0s. Published research in aquatic toxicology, shadow doctors, uh, got letters of recommendation, blah, 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 blah. Volunteered at the hospital. And started studying for the MCAT nine months before I took it. And uh, the first time I took it, the first practice test I took, I think I got like a 28, which it's, um, it's out of 45. 45 is a perfect score, but, uh, in terms of percentile points, like a 30 is like, you know, like 70th percentile, like 75th percentile. So like a 28, it's not like a 28 out of a hundred. It's, that's, you know, it's all right. 
it's not all right. I mean, it, you're, it means you're like not retarded. Like that's that's about like best case. And being a straight A student, I studied nonstop around the clock, and every month I would take another practice test. And I started studying in October 2012, and I took the test on May 30th, 2013. And my test scores were really weren't going up. So I made uh, study guides um, that were available on Reddit. I posted them under the username Calypso Casino, C-A-L-Y-P-S-O, C-A-L-Y, C-A-L-Y-P-S-O, C-A-S-I-N-O, which was eventually banned for, uh, for uh, hate speech and misinformation, whatever the fuck either of those mean, because I did neither of those. So there's a bunch of medical study guides out there that uh, over the years, over about three or four years after posting those, I had hundreds of people tell me, thank you for doing this. I'm from a low-income family. I can't afford study guides, but your study guides allowed me to go to get into medical school. So there are doctors out there that that was my goal was because of these study guides because I put hundreds of hours into making them. It was over a thousand PowerPoint slides. Those are now gone from Reddit. Thanks, Reddit. That's uh, that many more doctors not out there, but I digress. And I studied all through Christmas break. I went home the day after finals Christmas. You didn't stay in Athens, Georgia, and get fucked up. I flew home and studied all through the winter break. I skipped spring break my senior year. All my friends went on a cruise down to the Caribbean, and I studied through it. And, um, you know, even up till graduation, I had an extra semester to go, but all, all the friends I knew and loved and lived with graduated in, like, April or early May 2013. I didn't partake in any of the festivities. We're all going off. Big thing. You know, we're all going our separate ways now. Nope, I literally studied through it. I remember hearing the music downstairs as I studied through it. And this isn't the, not to doesn't sound bitter, like it was entirely my choice. But through all of this, every month I would take a practice test and never do better. Once I think I got like a fluke, I got a 30, which was like 77th percentile, maybe. And uh I really hated it because to me it was never good enough to get you know, to pass a test. I didn't want to pass OCHEM. I wanted to get the highest grade in OCHEM, which I did under uh, Dr. Hubbard in 2012. Shout out Dr. Hubbard. Got the highest grade in OCHEM 2, and I think I got the second highest grade in OCHEM 1 out of 300 person classes. It wasn't enough that I volunteered at a hospital once. I volunteered every week in the anesthesia department at uh, Athens Regional Medical Center, Center, ARMC, in Athens, Georgia. Wasn't enough that I got one letter of recommendation. I got six. You know, it wasn't enough that... I always wanted to dial it up to 11 because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it better than anyone else. I just, it's a personal thing. I, I, I despise mediocrity. To me, it's better to never embark on a journey than to come in second place. It's just a personal, it, it, some people don't like spiders. Some people hate the idea of like, you know, claustrophobia or like cave diving or spelunking or, you know, no, I, I can't. I, the idea of not being the best ever to me is a fate worse than death. And so this really irked me. And, uh, but I just kept pushing because ultimately I, I decided like, I mean, what am I going to do? Like not keep pushing. Like I'm going to push up until the day I take the test and then whatever happens happens. And I hated it because I hated the idea of me getting like an average score in the MCAT and being a stellar student otherwise, but just being average. And I, I mean, I, you know, it, it made me want to go back in time and just not be pre-med than to be lumped in with everyone else. I just hated it. I wanted to be exceptional. 
because I was exceptional in everything else I did. And I just hate, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a representation of my, my intelligence, but then I was also like, yeah, well, you can make up every excuse you want in the book. Did you do well on the test or not? And I wasn't. And I realized, I was like, hey, maybe this is the cold, hard dick of reality slapping me on the face. I don't know who has a cold, hard dick. I, I guess, I don't know. It's a dead body. I don't know why I went there, but, um, I remember seeing this, like, I remember seeing this, like, a, almost like a cartoon, like, motivational image, like, early, maybe, like, May 1st or something, 2013, so, like, 30 days before I took the test. I had been, I had been tracking all of my study hours. Oh, yeah, I forgot, I had an Excel spreadsheet. I think I studied for a total of 966 hours outside of my courses, and, uh, you know, at one point I had memorized something like 400 physics equations because I remember I couldn't get better than like a 60% on the physics uh, part. And I remember watching The Dark Knight uh, and, uh, you know, Albert or Alfred, how, how did you catch the uh, how did you catch the the thief or who, the jewel thief? And it's we, we burned down to whole forest. So I figured, what if I just memorized every single equation and then, you know, they couldn't pull a fast one on me, which is what I did. I ended up scoring in like the 96 percentile on the oh, spoiler. So I just kept pushing, but I remember seeing this this cartoon image, and it was like a like a two dimensional, almost like you're looking at like an ant farm, like a glass like ant farm. And it was this guy, and there's you know it's it's dirt, and this guy was tunneling under the dirt, right? And it's just you know you can see the tunnel like the two dimensional cutout of how far he had dug and he's got the pickaxe and he just dug all this way through like rock right but you see him and he's walking back out the way he came and he's holding his pickaxe and he's just you know he's angry and it's got you know like the whatever the cartoon symbols for like swearing or like an exclamation mark the hashtag whatever um and you see at the end of the tunnel that there's just one little line of dirt left between that and a mountain of jewels and precious metals. And if he had just struck it one more time, he would have gotten it. And it's, it's not proportional. It's not that, you know, it's not even like an exponential curve, right? It's best case would be proportional. It'd be like every axe hit, you get like 10 bucks worth of gold. And it's not even like it was exponential. Like the first 10 axe hits, you found one nugget. And the next 10, you found 10 nuggets. And the next 10, you found 100 it's all or nothing, and it's. He, and he didn't go for it. He's fucking walking away. I don't know. He got black lung. I don't know. He had OSHA regulations. And if he had hit it one more time, he would have gotten the mountain of precious metals and jewels. And under him is another guy, and he's about halfway, but he's still hitting away. And it kind of implies like maybe the bottom guy gets it. We don't know. <laughs> maybe the bottom guy gets it. <laughs> Gay jokes, homosexual, but. I remember seeing that and that just really kind of bore like a, like a splinter into my brain. I was like, what if it is just one last strike? I mean, truly, what if it is just that? What if it's not, what if it's not linear or exponential? What if it's all or nothing? What if it's quantum, right? A, a step, zero or one. There's no such thing as half a step, right? On a, like a staircase. And so I was like, fuck. So I just kept pushing. I didn't I didn't dial it up and burn myself out. I just kept at my normal pace, which was about 14 hours a day studying. But I just kept at it. And I, you know, I 
I vividly remember meditating and looking out at the setting sun one day and just realizing, I was like, I really am just on this rock floating through the solar system and I'm going to try my best and, uh, I'm, okay, this is just where I am. And, uh, I was making peace with not getting a good score. Uh, you know, what do they call the person that finished last in this class at medical school? Doctor. So I was like, all right. And I just kept going at it. And about three days out, I remember I got a 31 on a practice test. I was like, fuck. Right. Mind you, it's not, it's not linear and you know difference between a 30 and a 31 it might be 50th percentile and 60th percentile and then like two days out i got a 32 which was like i don't know maybe like 70th percentile and the day before i i took off and just you know relaxed and meditated and made sure not to have any caffeine so i could go to bed early but i was still kind of dabbling with practice tests because i couldn't take a day off and I didn't do, like, a, a full practice test, and I didn't obey, like, the time limits. So that test score didn't really count. But it was looking like I was going to get a 33, and which is, like, 80th. And I was like, okay, all right, maybe, right, maybe. And I went in, and I, and I took the test on the day of. And then I ended up getting a 35, which is 95th point sixth percentile far and above anything I had ever done in a practice test, right? Normally in a practice test, it's, you know, you're going to get some like all-time high scores, but you won't actually do that on the day of. I did it on the day of. And I just remember thinking, holy shit, it took nine months. And, and granted, it wasn't that I did all the work on the last three days. It's just that that's what it took to break through. Just to break through. Then it happened again. I applied to 30 medical schools. I got 20 secondary applications. I got three interviews and I got one acceptance. University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. I ended up, as of anyone that watched this podcast knows, decided not to go, just wasn't happy. And, you know, that's what happened. Now, a year later, when I took the PCAT to apply to pharmacy school, the same fucking thing happened, except I actually took the official test three times and did poorly on it. And then I finally, in the last time, just cracked it out of the park. Just, you know, when you're watching a baseball game, you can just tell by the fucking way it sounds that he tagged that. I got in the 99th percentile. I got in a pharmacy school, the Lake Erie College of Medicine. Decided not to go. And to me, that always stuck out as like, I just held out. I just held out and, you know, eventually my life kind of devolved and I moved home in August, 2016, just suicidal and, um, 2014 lost my brother to suicide. So this is about two and a half years after that and just kept, just didn't know what to do. And the next five years are kind of like the Truman show. It just blurred together of therapy, of exercising, of butting heads with my parents, of not having any friends, having no social or sex life. I mean, really just, you know, 600 miles from everyone I knew in Georgia. It was up in Maryland. And I taught myself graphic design. Just at first I started making memes because it was fall 2016 and it was kind of the great meme war, right? Getting Trump in office. And I, and I made a lot of memes and then 
The memes evolved to something called Funner History, F-U-N-N-E-R, purposely spelled like an idiot. It's a subreddit I made, which I have, because I've been banned from Reddit, I have no control over now, but it's got like 20,000 subscribers. Photoshops of like F-16s in World War One, right? Or like a nuclear submarine in the Civil War. Just stupid shit. And I got better and better and better at it, and I started making my own original designs, which everyone now knows is what I sell on my hoodies, right? They're my own merch that I actually design. And, um... And I always told myself, just keep pushing, and eventually you'll you'll break through. And after about four years, I, I didn't break through. No matter what, I just couldn't turn it into a viable business. Now, who knows? Maybe if I'd kept stuck with it, I, it would have broken through. But it was December 2019, and I just remember doing a Photoshop one day, and I was like, this isn't where my fucking heart is. Maybe I'm just, you know, depressed that I still live at home, and this hasn't worked yet. But... I had had in the back of my mind this sort of nagging feeling really since about right before I moved home, so like summer 2016, that I knew I wanted to start a podcast. I knew I I didn't know what I wanted to beat about. I thought I wanted to do it with friends, but I just wanted to laugh on a microphone with friends. And I I didn't know where the fuck it was going to go. And it was so much different than, like, the MCAT. Because there was a set number of things you had to study. There was a set of potential questions. And people had taken it before you, and people were going to take it after you. But there was a set path, right? It's like climbing out Mount Everest. Like, the path exists. It's not to belittle the, the... You're still hiking Mount Everest. But the path exists. And that's what the MCAT was, that's what medical school was, was the path existed. It's insane, but it did exist. And setting out on on the podcast, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was on a MacBook, no idea about audio reflections or camera quality or, you know, upload speeds or or anything or audio quality or, or, you know, dead air or running to the bathroom or it sounded like, a, you know, it's like iRobot when Shia LaBeouf swearing and Will Smith's like, you don't know how to swear. You're bad at it. That was the early episodes with me. I didn't know what I was doing. But to me, I kind of viewed it as like the, like a protoplanetary disk, right? When the solar system's forming, like dust starts globbing together and it turns into like, you know, like you know, little dirt clods and then it turns into clumps and the clumps hit boulders and the rocks and the rocks and the pebbles and the pebbles turn into boulders and it gets into bigger and bigger masses and then you have these huge chunks like the size of icebergs and then they start joining and then over billions of years you create the earth. My logic was is like, I just, let's just get one guess. So I got my buddy Doran, uh, episode one, shout out Doran. And uh, I'd never met him before. I'd never even spoken to him before. That episode, the very first episode, is the first time he and ever I ever like spoke face to face. I think we'd become friends through Reddit or something. And once I had a first episode down, I was like, now what I can do? I just had to convince someone to do the first episode. And I convinced him. I was like, just fucking come on, just come on. And that is like a leap of faith from him. And I knew once I did the first episode, then what I could do is I could just find another friend and be like, hey, I already did one episode, so you don't have to be the first one dust on my shirt and I got uh, my buddy Jared Bohannon from Valdosta he was episode 2 as well as episode 3 and then that continued with getting more friends I was like yeah I've already done a couple episodes right you should play it cool yeah have whatever I have two subscribers you know <laughs> literally brush the, brush the dust off my shoulder 
And then I think episode five or six was the first person I had never talked to before. Like I, I had known Dorn, but we hadn't spoke. Everyone else, but it was still people I knew. It was episode five or six as I was on Reddit and I just found some guy that, you know, comment on something, how he was in the Navy. And I was like, we do my podcast. And he came on. And again, these episodes are terrible. Not Nothing against, yes, just I didn't know what I was doing. And he came on and we talked about, I think his name was Chuck. And uh, I've never talking, t- spoken to him since. He's just vanished into the ether. But we talked about just like, I think he worked on like a littoral combat ship or something. that was cool that was like the first person I had on who I hadn't known before and I was like oh that was interesting and then I did several more episodes with friends I think episode 11 I got on Ken Mason a a rocket scientist who had helped work on the sea dragon in like the 70s and uh and um that was like another cool one I was like oh that's sort of like a big guest and then it just kind of kept going and up into the teens and the 20s and I was finding people on Instagram anyone with any sort of anything interesting uh melissa avanesian who i think was episode like 25 she's like a power lifter she came on i just followed her for like fitness advice she came on we talked about power lifting and i didn't know what i was doing i was fielding like q a's uh questions for people and i just kept kind of anyone that had any remotely interesting thing oh here you know uh rob who was friends with my my oldest brother the deceased john and uh rob came on and then john's other best friend jp who's in the air force and uh was a drone pilot had him come on and then he put me in touch with people nick phelps and dan libby both were uh, air force interrogators or military intelligence or air force intelligence interrogators if i'm getting it correct now we're into the episode 30s and we just kept moving up and up and up episode 50 dale comstock who is now a regular and you know delta force and it was just it just kind of kept growing in 95. Uh, Mike Durant, the Black Hawk Down pilot. How do you find him? Well, if I found Google him, you find a company he worked for. And then you just copy and paste a request to all the email addresses you can find. Just spam it. And it kept growing and growing. And I had no idea where the fuck it was going. And so now it comes up to like, like, I don't know, like July or August 2020. And we're like 100 plus episodes in. And I'm working at a liquor store. I'm 29 years old. Nope. Coming up on... I'm 30 years old at the time now. Living at home. Still at home. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I had just done four years of graphic design. Parents had paid for me to take some graphic design courses. And then, and I just didn't produce. And then, you know, at a certain point, parents... You know, it's... You got to move the fuck out. You're 30 years old. Like, come, come on now. And... Um, <clears throat> to say it eloquently. And... Uh, and I, and I kind of felt like it was back in kind of the MCAT. I was like, I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing is working. And unlike the MCAT, whereas the MCAT, I kept pushing and I didn't know what the final act strike was going to be when I found the jewels. But I knew there was a general direction. With the podcast, it was still very blind. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was, you know, posting on Reddit. I had like 27 alt accounts. Eventually all of them got nuked. I got IP banned from Reddit. I don't know how many people can say that. Um, you know, on Instagram or you're sending it to friends or you're, you know, spamming people on Facebook or Imgur or Twitter. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're just constantly just, you know, you see someone, you know, you see a, a post on Reddit about something. You know, I interviewed like an armored truck driver. So one day on like our picks I saw like 
you know, this, you know, thing about like an armored truck. And, you know, so you go under there and, you know, an alternative account and you're like, I just watched an episode about a podcast with a, with a armored truck driver. And then you get under another alternative account and comment under that. And you're like, that episode is sick. That's totally cute. You should go subscribe. Hey, and then it's just, and then sometimes I would get like drunk and I would like start like arguing with myself, forgetting I was arguing with myself. And I'd be like, who the fuck do you think you, I mean, truly just a, just a, just a showcase of, of a psychotic break. And, but I, I would always find like a guest in like an unsuspecting way. Someone would see something somewhere and comment and that would lead to an email and then we would end up getting a guest and we'd become friends or, you know, a guest or whatever. And there was always the most like unconventional ways. One of the guy had on Tony Moon, who's a real estate agent in Los Angeles, but was one of the original rooftop Koreans during the LA riots, the Rodney King riots. I found him on YouTube because somebody made a Grand Theft Auto like three artwork of they took images from the rooftop Koreans and they kind of added that filter to where it looked like Grand Theft Auto art. And then they added like uh, like the San Andreas or maybe it was the Liberty City, Liberty City like, you know, theme music and uh and they're panning across like gta characters and uh, and somebody commented like oh yeah i remember riding like shotgun with like my cousin with like a beretta because our parents who were like you know from korea made us like go on patrol i uh, found that guy's account and then like sure enough he had an email and i like hunted him down and found him and we we became friends and now he's rooftop korean on twitter i think he's got like twenty thousand followers he's bigger bigger fucking bigger than my channel now and uh but it's all these unconventional paths of you know working at the liquor store and somebody comes in and they mention something about x y and z and you know you chase i would always make sure to follow them out of the liquor store so that it wouldn't be on the boss's property and be like hey i got a podcast you know i'd love to have you on blah 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 you just and for every guest you see there's i mean truly there's 99 that you don't see there's 99 rejections people telling you to fuck off cease and desist you know why are you in my trash can at night you're scaring my kids all this petty bullshit and but i kept you know i was trying so hard to get monetized on youtube if you hit 4,000 watch hours and 1,000 subscribers you'll be monetized i was fucking dumb enough to believe that and uh, they they finally they finally officially told me no when I hit five thousand subscribers was thirty two thousand watch hours fucking douchebags, but I didn't know how I was gonna monetize this, and I didn't really know where it was going or what what, what was gonna happen with it. But I just kept pushing because like the MCAT, I knew that who knows what final strike the the pile of jewels is behind, and. But unlike the MCAT, there wasn't right the Mount Everest a set path. I didn't know which way was, which way went up and which way went down. So I could be persisting at a path, and I could be breaking through all the dirt. But there might literally not be any jewels. Like you might go forever in that direction. You the final strike might be that you struck granite, right? And it's so that this was kind of like a a level up of like the MCAT madness. It was not only did it require persistence and like a and to a level sort of like psychotic devotion, almost religious, but I also didn't know if I was going in the right direction, right? I mean like you you can never give up if you know you're in the middle of the ocean swimming. But man, what if you weren't even swimming towards land? What if you were just really pushing yourself dig deep to take one stroke further? but you're just going further out. So I didn't even fucking know if I was going in the right direction. 
but I just had told myself that I had this just mental imagery of like it's kind of a weird analogy but I imagined that there was just like like a pile like a like a like you know you make a fire with like your cousins or your brothers or something up at the lake right in the summer and uh you I don't know you dump water on it and put it out and it's like still kind of steaming the next morning right there's still a little smoke coming out and uh if you you know dig around like the center's still hot you might burn yourself right and I had this idea in my head no idea if this again like unlike the MCAT with like the Mount Everest path I had no idea if this model was correct in my head but I had to I had to grasp onto something again like a protoplanetary disk just you know an accretion disk I knew I had to just grab something so I had I kept this model in my head that that all of my that there that there was a couple of coals covered by a mound of like wet carbonized burn through wood and what my episodes were is every episode was like one ounce or like one milliliter of gasoline and every day I would just drop a little more gas onto the thing and some most of it would get soaked up into the logs and or go down and land in the dirt and nothing would happen but I always told myself that one of these veins of gasoline was eventually going to hit a coal and then the whole thing was going to go up and I didn't know where it was but I knew that I only knew one I only knew one legitimate thing if I stopped putting the gasoline on then I would certainly never reach it if I kept doing it I can at least tell myself well we know we know it takes more than how much I've done today so I got to do one more tomorrow and then tomorrow you know Thomas Edison I you know, I failed 10,000 times making the light bulb, but in reality, I just found 10,000 ways not to do it. So I just kept going and going and going. And the only, you know, there is a, there is a, you know, there is a sort of comfort in failure in, in that, excuse me, there's a comfort in quitting. Because what quitting actually is, is it's, in my opinion, it's a yearning for some sort of certainty, some sort of completion, some sort of closure. So if you quit, at least you know that the thing is over that you got the F, here's the test, but you're no longer waiting for it, right? The doctor tells you, inoperable, but at least you now know, right? There is something better, right? When you're in middle school and you're waiting for your turn to give the book report, even if you have to go first or you have to go after the, you know, the girl that gave the great, like, cinematic, like, uh, book report presentation, there, and even if you go up and you butcher it and you get an F, there's something better about just, like, oh, it's fucking finished. It's fucking finished, Right? And there is a closure to, to quitting. I'm thirsty, excuse me, thirsty boy. There is a closure to quitting because there's a certainty. It's now over. And, you know, when you continually... And that's kind of what kept me going on the MCAT was like, I wanted to quit, but I was only 30 days out. And I was like, look, I can quit and have that certainty of just like, I give up, I'm going to get a 28. But my logic was, is just keep pushing until you take the test. And then that is my closure, right? And, you know, part of the uncertainty, it's not just failing. It's the uncertainty is just uh, <clears throat> that you have to keep going. And it's like you keep giving yourself up. My stomach's gurgling. You have to keep giving yourself hope that it's going to work. And that is what takes, it's not, 
It's so annoying when I drink a lot of water and my stomach starts. Can you hear it? It's so fucking annoying. Whatever. Sorry, everybody, listen. Guess you're gonna hear my tummy burble. So I kept working and I kept working and I kept working. And, you know, you almost want to fail. You almost want to quit so you can have that closure. But I was just like, you know what? Let's just keep adding the gas. Let's keep adding the gas because you can't really quit when you're, you know, in your parents' house and you're 30 years old and you're working at a liquor store and they want to retire and they're going to retire and it's just you and you're going, fuck, I got to get out of here. And, you know, you're smart enough to get into medical school, but you decided not to go. And that's kind of a path that you don't want to go down anymore. You already walked that whole road. You know that's not what you want to do anymore. What is that little button up there? Um, so I kept adding the gasoline, adding the gasoline, adding the gasoline, just thinking, like, it's going to it's gonna go through. It's going to work. It's going to hit something. And I don't know where and I don't know when. And so one day I did an episode with, like, the Delta Force guys. And like always, I would go on Reddit and I would f- try to find an applicable subreddit and then post the video there. And one episode I did with, like, Dale Comstock and Joe Teddy, I, I I pushed it on some random subreddit. You know, I'd always try to find stuff. First, you'd, you know, go for the easy ones. Our military, our army, whatever. And then maybe our Delta Force or our Special Forces or CQB. Or you go deeper and deeper. And then you kind of find, like, the smaller and smaller subreddits where the return's not as great. It's like it's only got, like, 2,500 subscribers as opposed to 25 million. But actually, those are those are actually the better ones. Those are like richer soil, more fertile soil, because those smaller ones aren't astroturf. There's not a lot of bots, and the censorship's not nearly as powerful. Anyway, one day, <clears throat> one day, I was contacted by someone that had found the podcast. Like, dude, I fucking love this podcast, man. I, you know, I listen to two podcasts. I listen to Joe Rogan and I listen to you. And I was like, Jesus. It's like, thank you. Either you're retarded or thank you. And, uh, or we're both retarded. In which case, let's fucking eat some glue and sit on the short bus, right? Share a hockey helmet. And me and this dude start talking. This guy's like, I don't know, X years older than me. And uh, it's like, I don't know, 20, 25 years older than me, right? Established guy, got a family, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I fucking love the podcast, dude. He's like, Comstock makes me laugh my ass off. And I was like, yeah, thanks, man. I mean, we ended up, we ended up, you know, chatting and everything. And it turns out that, you know, this individual, you know, was within driving distance, we'll say within two hours of me. I was like, I'd love to get you a beer sometime. And I was like, I'd, I'd love to, man. I, you know, I got to work. And so we started texting, just like, you know, bro crushing. And uh, he would suggest guests to me. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll try to get that guy. Or, you know, I've tried to get that guy. And, and you know, I can't get that guy. And I was like, oh, man, you should do more episodes with this guy. And I'd be like, you know, I'm fucking working at this liquor store. And, um, you know, it, it through us talking, it was clear that, you know, this, this guy was well off, right? He's not Bezos, but I mean, like, you know, he had made it, he had made his killing, right? Still making his killing. He has bones. And sorry, I should, I should go back. Before this guy contacted me, I'd put out a video on YouTube. I think it was episode like 150 where it's actually a lot like this episode. It's me explaining how hard I work and how I do eventually succeed, but that, uh, I'm spending so much time working at a liquor store and 
not listening to audiobooks and finding bigger guests that it's inhibiting the podcast and you know I would love if somebody would invest in this podcast and pay me just enough to live in an apartment pay my expenses you know we can break out we can hash out a a couple year long contract and and uh and in that time uh you know I'll sign away I get I'll keep whatever 50 51% you'll get 49 who knows maybe I become the next Rogan and you can cash the fuck in for a relatively small amount just pay for my living expenses for 3 years nothing special just you know groceries one bedroom apartment gas for the car you know whatever and uh, <clears throat> I put that episode out and I'd sent it to a ton of people you know everyone understandably was like yeah just I don't you know what's what's your return what's your what's your path to to profit and you know I'd be like all right so you know it's kind of like if you're climbing Mount Everest and you know I was an M- I took the MCAT and they're just like dude what are you fucking take your meds right understandably so Fast forward a couple weeks, this guy and I become friends, we're texting, and, you know, I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, I, you know, I'd love to be doing more episodes, but I can't, I'm working all the time, and it's, you know, and kind of told my backstory, where I was, med school, blah, 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 he's like, that's inspiring, man, you know, keep working, keep working, and, um, you know, I'd kind of got a feeling that I was like, you know, I was like asking my brothers, I was like, will you, inv-, you know, like a real piece of shit sibling, like, hey, bro, will you give me some cash? I was like, dude, fuck off, right? Totally just, you know, was not a good brother about that. Sorry, younger and older brother. You know, but I was trying with other people. I was trying with other guests. I was like, hey, are you interested? And there's like, I mean, it really was just cringy. Just, it was solicitation. Granted, it was for a genuine investment, but, you know, I'm also defending myself because I'm an egotistical asshole. And... So I was like, fuck, you know, but again, like the gasoline, you just got to keep pushing forward. And, um, so me and this guy are talking and he's like, you know, dude, I love your podcast. I think you've really got it. Like, uh, he's a a super intelligent guy. And, um, he was like, what are you, what's your, your like growth numbers? And I was talking about censorship, but I was like, Hey, because you know, I'm crazy. Here's an Excel spreadsheet. I've got like 40 columns of data average views, impressions, you know, average duration of watch time per video, blah, 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 and, uh, like, growth rate, and he was, you know, he was, like, what's your, gave me some, like, business model, I was, like, dude, I, I was a biology major, I have no idea what that even means, and he was, like, it's, like, your growth rate, and I was, like, oh, this is, so I sent him the Excel spreadsheet, and he was, like, dude, he was, like, this is, like, you're gonna succeed, and I was, like, thanks, man, and all the while, I was like, I'm not going to, like, ask this. Because at that point, I had kind of disgusted myself with I had been pitching the investment to people. And I was just like, no. And then finally, this dude comes along who, A, loves the podcast, and B, clearly has, you know, a little bit of loot. And, uh, and I say that in the most respectful, admirable way. Also, because I know he's watching this, but, you know, I love you. And, um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to ask this guy. I was like, I'm just, it's just not my, pl- it just, I, I, I truly, I'd, I'd kind of grown disgusted with, with myself. I was just like, you know, when you like shoot your shot with a girl and she's not interested and then you're like, fuck, why did I do th-? Even if you did it in like a gentlemanly like manner, like you just kind of get turned down. You still just feel like a slob. You're like, fuck, you know? So I, that's kind of how I was feeling. And then he asked me, 
Have you ever thought of investors? The rest is history, as I'm now six months into my, or four months into my three-year contract to turn this podcast profitable by April 2024. And if after that doesn't work, I'm fucked. And then if it ever does work down the road, I still owe him half. That's a fair shake, right? Right now I'm in a bedroom, you know, partitioned with moving blankets to create my own studio. But a year ago, I was doing a podcast above my parents' garage. I mean, there are episodes where you can hear, like, my mom using the leaf blower below me. And I'm just like, fucking Christ in heaven. You can hear my dad knocking on the door. Dinner's ready. And it's just like, I know. Sorry, I'm talking to the guy that's in charge of the rover going to Mars. Or, like, my, you know, put him down. But my blind, deaf, half-paralyzed 17-year-old dog... And me just like counting down the days to when YouTube's gonna monetize me, I'm gonna make three dollars per thousand views, which never fucking happened. Working out, I mean, there's so many episodes where I'm in a in my liquor store like dress shirt and like, and I gotta wrap this one up because I gotta run to work, dude. And I just, it was cringe thinking about it, how much I fucking hated it. But I look back at that, and not in my wildest dreams could I could I move forward and look forward and you know I wish I could reach back to a year ago Tommy I mean I don't have any of the dates on the videos now because YouTube deleted my channel so anything uploaded to Rumble, BitChute, and Odyssey all have like recent dates that because they're I'm just uploading them in bulk but I wish I could reach back a year Tommy and just well I don't know if I'd tell you because maybe you'd stop working as hard and perhaps there's a lesson in that that we'll touch on in a minute but the idea that in a year you would not be on your MacBook anymore, but rather an M1 iMac, the idea that you wouldn't be on the MacBook webcam or even the little separate webcam you bought, but rather a Sony A60 fucking whatever hundred with a like a thousand dollar lens, or that it be on a professional microphone with all the equipment that I don't understand what it means, or lighting, or thousands of dollars of of soundproofing all around me or instead of having one external hard drive that i just kept in a ziploc bag i'd have a 100 terabytes on my desktop with another 60 terabytes in a fireproof waterproof safe in emp shielding that i would have over 500 episodes that i would talk to a guy that's walked on the moon that i would talk to ken alabek that i'd invent the or that that i'd interview the inventor of the mrna vaccine that, that I would be living in my own apartment, paid for by the podcast, that you can turn the air conditioning down as low as you'd like, you can go to the gym every day, and you can come up with all your own guests. The idea that you would make friends to the podcast and actually fucking have a social life again for the first time since 2013. I would have said, dude, fucking slow it down because you're going to get your hopes up and you're going to get them destroyed. But here we are. This is where I am now. And it all came real. Because I didn't fucking give up. And that's kind of how I feel about how the world's going right now. You can look at things like the MCAT. And you can look at things like getting your podcast monetized. And it can seem like it's a monolithic wall. Like a black box of just nothingness 
can never happen. I'm not going to be Joe Rogan. I don't have a professional camera. How am I going to interview people? Blah, 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 blah. Instead of just taking it day by day and doing little thing by little thing and learning it as I go. I don't know shit about audio video. I still don't. And I'm learning it as I go. But instead of saying, oh, oh, I don't have, how am I going to interview people? I don't have the time. You make the fucking time before or after work. You listen to audiobooks when you can. You do all this shit and you just keep working. And doors start to open where there were formerly walls, right? Joseph Campbell, follow your bliss and doors will open where there were formerly walls. And where there will not be doors for anyone else. And you just keep pushing and things just kind of keep opening up, right? Like playing a video game, how it renders as you go. It creates it as you go. The universe unfolds before you as you go. Terrence McKenna, nature loves courage. If you follow your dreams, the universe will not grind you down. It will lift you up. Nature loves courage. When you jump, when you hurl yourself into the void, only to find that it's a feather mattress. And no one thing was ever the one that you knew was going to work. You just kept doing it. For every link I posted in subreddits, I didn't find someone that invested in the podcast. Until I did. For every practice test I took for the MCAT, it didn't yield a high score until it fucking did. And you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And there will always be that that yearning, that desire for the certainty of quitting because at least you know it's over. You fucking know it's over. You wash out, you ring the bell, I'm done. But you just keep pushing and then as if, as Maya Angelou said about the writing muse, every day you show up and you get on your typewriter and sometimes all you can muster is the the fat cat in the hat sat on the mat and it's awful. But as if it respects your your uh, your persistence, the muse eventually says, all right, all right. You kept coming to work. I'll give it to you. And then she gives you a novel, and it flows out of you, and next thing you know, you wrote Harry Potter. You just keep working until the universe finally winks with a smile and goes, all right, you know. Charlie in the chocolate factory, you hand the gobstopper, and you're the one, Charlie. And then you get into an elevator and go into low-Earth orbit. Or whatever the fuck happened in that movie. A lot of slave labor. Not admirable. Shame on you, Willie. But you just keep pushing. And, Tommy, you're talking about the MCAT. You're talking about a podcast. We're talking about geopolitics. We're talking about what seemingly Marxist takeover of the United States, a military, industrial intelligence, national security state complex that runs big pharma as well as big tech, and they're squashing all opponents, and there's nothing you can do. Perhaps. Perhaps you're right. Perhaps I should have moved home and never lost weight. Perhaps I should have pulled the trigger instead of moving home. But you just keep pushing until the universe finally breaks and you throw that pickaxe one more time and next thing you know, the jewels are pouring out. And then you wonder how you ever doubted yourself. Well, not really. You'll always go, I was fucking insane. But you'll make it through and as Charles Bukowski says, it'll be better than anything you can imagine. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will rage with fire, and you will ride life straight into perfect laughter. You just fucking do it. And so I don't know. Is it going to be an interview with Dr. Malone? Is it going to be someone that shares the podcast to some group text that ends up on someone's work computer and the boss sees it over their shoulder who fucking airdrops it to a friend whose dad is Elon Musk? I don't know. 
or if it's not my podcast, if it's something else, but we're just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, the dam eventually breaks. If the situation was hopeless, their propaganda would be unnecessary. I love that saying, and I remind myself of it every day. Just keep pushing forward. No one drop thinks they're responsible for the flood until it fucking wipes out an island. Just keep pushing forward. You will always want the certainty of quitting because you don't want qu- you don't want to fail. No one's saying you want to fail, but you do want that closure. And what I eventually concluded was no matter what we get that closure, it's called death. In 2013, it was no matter what I get this closure, it's called taking the MCAT. Eventually, I just take it and then it's over. But I always tell myself is it's, it's, it's death. You just keep working and then death greets you. And I say that, I don't say you have to die or it's inevitable. I say you get to die. You get to stop fighting. You get to put your head down on the pillow and you get to go into whatever you believe happens next. And you will always yearn for the certainty of failure because you can just be finished. But you get that certainty no matter what with death. So just keep pushing forward. What I told myself with the MCAT and what I told myself with, well, less with the MCAT because there was a test, but the podcast. Before I ever met my investor, I remember telling myself, I'm going to, I'm never going to fail. I'm either going to succeed or I'm going to try again tomorrow. But I'm never going to consciously fail. I might die and end up face down in a ditch because I don't have any money and no health care and I get a cut and it gets infected and then I act like a rabid cat and then end up you know, bleeding out from septicemia or some shit. I don't think that's how septicemia works. But I will never fail, right? You, like, you could never bow to the emperor. They might behead you, but you never consciously bowed. You either were alive and resisting bowing or you were dead, but no part of you ever bowed. So what I always told myself and what I still tell myself is I will never fail at this podcast. It will either succeed or I will undergo clinical brain death, either from an injury or from old age. But eventually, clinical brain death when you're done, all right? And that's the only way this podcast will fail. Note how I say not how I will fail because I will not have failed. I will not be here. The last thing I did was continue to try. The only thing that will stop it is clinical brain death. And when you give yourself into that madness, when you devote yourself and sacrifice your sanity to your goal, you call the universe bluff. Willy Wonka goes, it's all yours. You're the one. The universe smiles. The muse appears. The last bit of dirt falls off in front of the jewels and you get it. Because you finally said, fuck it, I'm going to throw myself into the abyss, and it's a feather down mattress. Don't give up. Every little fucking red pill, every person that shares, hey, man, so-and-so got banned, so-and-so got shadowed. Everything you do chips away at the facade of this evil monolith, this totalitarian, digital, technocratic, dystopian, global Marxist control system that is seemingly put in place. Or being put in place. Just keep fighting. And one day. The whole thing will come crashing down. For every asshole out there. No I'm not, no, I'm not advocating violence. That's retarded. You're going to end up dead. 
that's stupid. Use your brain. Do what you know is right. Do what you know this flag stands for. Or whatever country you're from. Or not even a country. Fuck it. Just do what you know is right in your heart. That you don't need someone to tell you, is it right or is it wrong or is it fake news or is it... What you know in your heart. You know it's bad to bully people. You know it's bad to talk behind people's back. You know stealing is bad. Do what you know is right in your heart. Do it fearlessly. And resign yourself to knowing that you will eventually get closure. And it's called death. Whether you want it or not, the closure will come and the fight is over. There are a lot of soldiers that died in World War II who didn't get to, didn't get to know that it, it worked out in the end. They just died and it was just over. But you keep pushing forward. And then a new reality appears. I don't know what it will be. I have no idea what it will be. And I highly doubt my, my problems are over. But I do know that if you give up, then you will get your certainty. And the certainty is that you're fucked. Or you can keep pushing forward. Don't take the black pill. Don't say it's all fucked. It may seem that way. And in the back of your mind, you may feel that way. But even if you just put on a facade and lie and say, I still think we have a chance, that will inspire other people. I'm sure every general that ever, 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 ever led their soldiers into battle, they probably weren't thinking, we got this. A lot of them were probably going, oh, I'm never going to see my kids again and I'm trying not to cry. But all their men who are openly thinking that are looking at him and going, general's not scared. Put on a face of bravery because that might inspire your friends to be brave. And then they might actually do something brave. And in which case, it wasn't just a facade, it enacted real change. Right? Don't give up. Do every little thing. Share a link, email it, send it, red pill people, make it a meme, whatever. Do what you know is right. And I promise you it will eventually break through. And we might be those soldiers who don't get to see it go through. You might die. In which case, you didn't quit. You went underwent clinical brain death. So, keep fighting. Don't ever give up. And, uh... At the very least, just be a troll. If we can't beat the global Marxist technocratic dictatorship, at least be a fucking thorn on their side. At least be a politically incorrect thorn on their side. I mean, for, for no other reason than just doing it. Why the fuck not? Keep working, everybody. Be the best person you can be. Love everyone. Don't fucking use violence because you're just an idiot. You're going to end up in jail or dead. Do what you know is right. And it eventually will cave. And good will win. And even if you don't believe it, put on the mask and pretend you believe it because it will inspire someone else and they might actually bring it into fruition. God bless all y'all. God bless America. I got another podcast in about 10 seconds and I, I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Peace. Recording stop.